Greetings, and welcome to episode 18 of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things that they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we talk about the little things that make a game really stand out or be the worst game ever. Worst intro ever. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Cart Podcast. Today's episode, little touches that can make or ruin a game. I am Paul of What's Paul Playing Today, and with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going, man? I didn't fuck it up that time. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Fucking twice. Enjoy the stinger. All right. Uh, <laughs> Christ, that fucking sucked. So now that the uh, intro is out of the way, <laughs> what what have you been playing recently? Uh, I just got off playing Payday 2 with uh, Drew of Hops and Heroes, my buddy Roger. Other than that, it's mostly just the... Wow, the game, the game with the stuff. No, 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 no. I've got an. I've got a, uh, the the Fafnir Night game. Oh yeah, Actually, yeah, not yeah. a untold too. That's a, yeah, that's a big long crazy title. Yeah, yeah. I'm almost done. Uh, I've got. I'm on floor twenty out of, God fucking knows how many. <laughs> nice. But yeah, I'm in the final dungeon. That's cool. Yeah, I've been mostly playing League the past week or so, because I don't know. Sort of been feeling like playing. And randomly, all the people that I normally play with have all been online every time I get on. So it's like, holy shit. Like, Might as well, right? A lot of time, my my routine will be like, I'll fire up League and see if anyone's on. And if they're not, I'll go play something else. And like, they've just, for the past week and a half, have just, have just been there. There's always been one or two of them. So it's like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll keep playing. Let's play. Yeah, that works. Anything else you've been doing? Uh starting to get into well re-get into programming stuff because i've done programming on and off for years but sure everybody starting, does yeah starting to learn some unity stuff so we'll see where that goes it's uh right on. it's an interesting thing to mess with uh little just silly crap but we'll we'll see if we can take this anywhere at some point yeah one could help yep i've been uh busy at work too much programming there to want to bring it home as well Oh, I've I can, been. I can understand that. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been actually recording auditions for audiobooks, so hopefully I can take that somewhere. Yay! Because you have a sexy radio voice, sir. I appreciate that. Maybe someday you can actually hear more of it. <laughs> <laughs> more than I already hear all of it all the time. This is like once every two weeks, dude. Come on. I, they I, know. I, they they was... listen to the episode. <laughs> they fucking know already. I don't know what you're talking about. Ah, whatever. All right, so. <laughs> And playing stuff, what about new stuff in the industry? So kind of as also quasi follow-up from the last show, uh, I want to start with South Park, the fractured butthole. Jesus Christ. Because they have a new trailer for GamesCon, which is going on in either it just finished in Germany or it's going on all week in Germany and there's been a bunch of crazy announcements in it. But yeah, so they have a new trailer for it and some new information and stuff has come out. And by far the funniest thing that they've been doing is this new form of virtual reality 
<laughs> that's called the Nostulus Rift. <laughs> I, I would say augmented reality rather than virtual. <laughs> I, it's being built. I think the, the site calls it virtual reality, which is funny. Like oh, taking Jesus Christ. Yeah, virtual reality taken to the next level. There is a website for this thing, which makes it even funnier. Oh, yeah. We'll include in the show notes. Yes. So the, the idea behind this thing is that instead of the Oculus Rift, which, you know, works on your eyes, this the is Nosculus the Rift. Nosculus Rift, which works on your nose. Yeah. So Shove that in there good and deep, pal. Well, it's like a little gas mask that you like strap on your face and it covers your nose. And, and I wanted to make the sex joke. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but so far, the only game it's, it's slated to work with is the uh is south park the fractured butthole and you know the idea is that you wear it while you're playing and and when you fart in the game you smell farts you know and great if they could patch it for the stick of truth yes it would be kind of funny but the best part about this whole thing is that everyone thought it was a joke and apparently they have prototypes at gamescon and you can play the demo of the fractured butthole wearing this thing that's amazing <laughs> and like, i wish i could play it there's, there's no word yet whether or not they're going to be you know actually making them for home use or if it's just going to be a gimmick for their uh, little demos when they're going around to all the conventions and stuff but uh, it it's so hilarious and again so totally south park to do something like this yeah it doesn't surprise me at all and i'm genuine genuinely looking forward to playing the fractured butthole not just because of the nosculus rift but that's yeah. just fun but just because the game just looks amazing mm -hmm. oh, although does. i'm i'm a little concerned with the different dev team it's not obsidian doing it it's the no it's it's ubisoft obsidian, North, I think. yeah uh, obsidian ubisoft california i think yeah I think it's their california office that's doing it i'm hoping they do the game justice but and you know it looks they, like it like all of the in-game footage you see in the new trailer like it's a, you have that same feeling like holy crap this looks like an episode of south park and having played the first game you know no this is actually an in-game thing all right all right i'll give it a go they probably just use the same engine and are starting to augment it yeah. and stuff like that anyway what else we got? Uh, Resident Evil 7, 7 reduced a new gameplay trailer. Apparently you're playing hide-and-seek with an old lady. That's pretty fucking weird. Yeah, and this is the and this this is the one that at... Uh, the VR one, yeah. E3 had VR. Yeah, and, yeah. In well, fact, I don't, I don't think you can play house. any other way. I don't know. Other than VR. You might be able to, but as far as I know, you're playing FPS VR style, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. And then something that we've both kind of been laughing about the majority of the week uh there's a new metal gear game on the way oh yeah metal and, gear survive and it's basically the overall opinion of the gaming industry right now is that this is just konami trying to milk one more cash cow out of metal gear now that kojima's gone and, and then going back to pachinko machines i guess yeah and who the fuck knows but basically it's turning metal gear solid into left for dead gear solid shrug i, I don't know what to say to this it just looks weird and silly and i don't it, want to play it it's kind of hilarious but yeah it's it's getting tons of flack and people are not excited about it and it's just kind of hilarious it's yet another one of those like let's add zombies 
And uh, well, Godspeed, yeah. guys. Yeah. And arguably, the most interesting news is that Twitch is acquiring Curse Gaming, which I thought was kind of interesting. Apparently, the uh, entire acquisition, they're if they're thinking about, you know, it's bringing in over 30 million viewers a month uh, across websites, social media channels, applications, and the company is also a household name in the esports scene. Yeah. Sponsors League of Legends, Call of Duty teams, stuff like that. Yeah. It used to sponsor a League of Legends team. They spun their League of Legends, like their competitive gaming team off into its own little company and then uh, rebranded. And they're liquid esports now, I think. is. I remember hearing about that, yeah. Used to be Curse Gaming. Okay. It's now Liquid Esports, and there, there's a huge joke in uh, League of Legends that uh, when they were cursed, they would always finish in fourth place. <laughs> like literally every split well, of every first. season, they they had it was the curse. Yeah. They, they would forever fourth is what they were known as, and <laughs> so the the big thing with when they changed name to Liquid was would the curse continue? And they ended up breaking the curse at some point in time because they actually finished like they finished the season in third and then finished the playoffs in fifth. Which was, <laughs> <laughs> so, just booking this shit, <laughs> so it averages out to fourth. Place. Yes, yes, it was. It's just it's funny. All right, you got any cleanup from last episode? Um. No, I think we did a good job with the uh, Super NES, even though it went ridiculously long. Yeah, um, it, I think after editing it, just just a hair under two hours. Thank you, Phil. We really appreciate you coming on. You made it a great episode. Yes, um, we're trying to think about what the next console we're going to do is. I don't. We're saving the NES for a little bit later because of the new little NES portable thing that's coming out. So I don't yeah. know if we'll do PlayStation or or what. We'll we'll, we we'll Saturn. Do I don't know if there's enough content. <laughs> we could do a dual episode of the Sega CD. <laughs> I think we cover the Sega CD with the Genesis episode. There's more than one game. There's like three, and I think and we I, met, I think we mentioned all of them. And I have like them Scotty all, Pippen. Sure. I have them all. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get to the actual content. There's. There's a lot of things about games that are just amazing, and there's little touches that make a great game. Like, stuff that you just don't really notice at the time that's just fucking fantastic that you can't put your finger on, but you look back later and are just like, hey, that really made it just fantastic. And then the opposite is, there are the little things that you start noticing in other games that are just kind of like, God, fucking damn it, I wish this game had this thing because it would be 10 times better if it just they did this little thing differently. Or I wish the developers didn't eat shit and make their game so fucking shitty. Because I've had I've heard myself say that so many freaking times. It's great. <laughs> that, that sounds hilarious. Uh, all right. So I think the one of the things that we both immediately jumped on when it came to this was the idea of being able to first of all just skip cutscenes yes so many games do not let you skip cutscenes yeah and it's so becoming less and less common though yeah so so when people originally when they would let you just like hey press x to skip this cut cutscene or hit select to get, skip this cutscene like those games were like holy shit you know if you die and have to revert back you can just skip over the 10 minutes of crap you don't want to watch a second time God, and yes. And it makes other games that couldn't do that really 
really painful after a while. We're looking at you, Final Fantasy. Yes. All of you. Especially Final Fantasy 7 and 8 were apparently yeah. really no- really notorious. Oh, for yeah. Knights of the Round, the 10-year cutscene. Yeah. Uh, and one of my friends used to tell a really funny story about Final Fantasy 8 at some point in time where he had a... I think he had something that would let him like cast a summon twice. Yep. And so he would use this one summon that was basically the only summon that was worth anything in the game. It was, it was final fantasy eights version of Knights of the round. Like, yeah. I don't know what it was called, but um, you can queue up a second summon. Yeah. So he, he did would do two of them back to back and would like just get up and walk out of the room and like go make a hot dog, then get a drink and come back in and sit on the couch eat the hot dog, watch the rest of the cutscene, and then like still have time to go put his dishes in the sink before it ended. Like it was just impressive. This ridiculously long, like two minutes worth of just crap for a summons. And it was just like, what the hell, man? How do you have fun with that game? He's like, I don't know. I eat a lot of hot dogs. That's is he a (laughs) large person? Hot dogs are high in caloric content, man. At at the time he was. But all right. I don't think he actually ate that many hot dogs. He was just making a point of it took really sure, fucking sure. long time for that shit to do anything. I, I do remember when I was playing Final Fantasy VII, I didn't have enough time to make a pot of coffee when I was playing and summoning knights of the round. <laughs> that, that, that is pretty bad. Like Because I had X summons and mm-hmm. the ability to cast it with all three characters. Yes. So, yeah, I could go make a pot of coffee, come back and still be watching on maybe the second or third animation of it. It was kind of ridiculous, really. Yes. However... Uh, to give Square credit, one of their games that actually does a really fucking awesome job of this is Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, they did learn and from their mistakes. If you're not familiar with Final Fantasy XIV, uh, it is their second MMO. And yep. one of the things that kind of sets it apart is it, it kind of follows the same pattern that Star Wars The Old Republic did, where it has really story-driven dungeons and stuff like that. And so there's like a cutscene at the beginning, there are random cutscenes in the middle, and then one like right before the boss fight at the very end and then another one after the boss fight and you can skip all the cutscenes. but one of the really just kind of cool little touches they do in the game is there's an option in the options menu where you can click a little checkbox and it will automatically skip any cutscene you have already seen before that's glorious it is fantastic i can only imagine man like because it's cool when you go into a dungeon for the first time you want to see these things when you're doing the dungeon for the, your thirtieth time, you, you the cutscenes don't. Yeah, you don't um, want to see the cutscenes. I'm out. I'm out. Let's just stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it's cool that like you can just toggle this little thing and it will auto skip cutscenes that you have already seen. But make sure that you can see the ones that you haven't seen yet. Like so, right. you know, it starts up like, oh shit, I need to pay attention because I've never seen this before. Otherwise, yeah. it wouldn't be showing this to me. Sure. And uh, it makes it a little easier to follow the story instead of just zoning it out whenever you're loading into a dungeon basically yeah i can understand that all right the next one i think is the invisible ui is is it it, it, it's a little bit difficult to explain how this particular thing works it's the kind of ui that while it's not actually invisible you can still see things but it's kind of it doesn't distract from the view of the game it allows you to just immerse yourself into it yeah and there's a few good examples I can think of of this. The The best one that really shows it off, I think, is Dead Space. 
the the series of Dead Space games. It's a survival horror sci-fi thing. Well, the, the first one was. <laughs> yeah, and the rest of them were action horror sci-fi. Yeah, things. yeah. Um, but what it did really cool was it removed your health bars from the screen. That was a loud vehicle. Yeah, um, fucking motorcycle. I was gonna we'll say that. Was that a motorcycle? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, so what Dead Space did that was really cool was instead of having any kind of health bar on the screen like Resident Evil and all those other games kind of before you sometimes did, uh, is you have this the spacesuit that you're in, this crazy armored spacesuit. And down each side of your spine is a row of lights. And one of them is your health. And the other one, I think, is your not magic. I don't know what the fuck it was called. Like some sort of energy. I, yeah. I do remember that bit. I don't remember what it was called, though. Yeah, but but basically... It was essentially ammunition. Yeah, but yeah, so you had you, you had the stuff readily visible. You could see it at all times because it glows. Right. And But it was just this cool little touch that removes these giant bars from blocking any of your view and all this kind of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, the other really interesting one that I'll point out, uh, and I don't actually like the series of games, which makes it kind of funnier, but the original Halo game at the time that it came out. Yeah, did, that did. Did the really cool thing of your ammo count as a little yep. display on your it's weapon. A, it's basically a HUD on your weapon that just sat there, as well as the 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 armor did yeah. that really well, where it would, once you realize that you were regenerating health, it made this little flash of the shield going back up in front of you. Mm -hmm. But why that is important is that at the time you got to think that all the big games around were probably like quake 2 and maybe maybe earlier if it, the original quake and stuff like that and Duke, Duke Nukem 3d Duke Nukem 3d like all of those games you just had a bar, bar across the bottom, the bottom yeah. of the screen that had all of your information in it and this removed that yep and like that was kind of a neat thing like it was nice yeah one other game that does it really well, I think, is uh, actually Fallout 4. Now, yeah, you have that, that bar at the bottom, but once you jump in the power armor is when yeah. things really look really cool because they, they, they swap in the two bars that are next to your face, and it just it, yeah. it makes you feel like you're in power armor. It was a really neat HUD system. Yeah, the actual HUD of the, the power armor was actually was really good. Yeah. I, I will totally agree with that. The rest of it is just, you know, standard Fallout fare. Yeah. Yes. Um. Can you think of any other ones that had like little cool UI things like that? I'm sure I'll think of some later, but right now I can't <laughs> think of any off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like someone's some things that did some cool stuff. Uh, I can think of a fighting game that kind of did. Shoot. Um, so there's an old arcade game, old in loose terms, um, early 90s, early to mid 90s, probably. That's uh, old for gaming. Yeah, it was it was around the Virtual Fighter Two era. That's it, really old for gaming. Because it made it was made by the same company, and it was called Fighting Vipers. Okay. And all of the characters in the game, it had this, this crazy over the top fighting system, but everyone had armor. And as you got beat up, your armor would go flying off. Like, you know, it would just get shattered. And you could kind of, it still had health bars, but you could basically tell your health from the uh, the actual state of your armor because that's yeah, cool. You would get just that's really cool. smashed and thrown through walls and all kinds of crazy shit happened in that game. Sure, sure. But there's some other games that do that 
uh, kind of thing. And I'm trying to think of some of them, like some of the survival horror ones. Uh, actually, Tomb Raider, the new Tomb Raider kind of does. I don't know if it actually has a health bar because I haven't really paid attention to it much. But like where she kind of, you know, will hunch over a little bit yeah, if, she's, yeah. if she's injured at the time and I'm, or at least honest. a little more. What would not that you mentioned that the Resident Evil games did that very well yeah. because they, as you're getting more and more damage, you'll you'll hunch over a little bit, you grab your side, and then when you're near death, you will slowly kind of limp yeah, along. Power. Yeah, and and the screen will flash red and all kinds yep. of other yep. silliness to some degree. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. The another thing that that does make uh, games shine really well is different types of tutorials. And how seamlessly a tutorial integrates with the actual gameplay. Because there are definitely some games that don't even try. Like League of Legends. The tutorials for League of Legends, like you play a couple of tutorial maps that are completely removed from the game. And it teaches you how to play via little tutorial maps. Elite Dangerous, as you are familiar with, they they just have, you, you just go Good into fucking luck. You just go into another set of the menu and you have yeah, tutorials yeah. you can play through and it'll teach you the basic controls and then the game drops you in and kicks you kicks your ass out of the house and pretty much you get to try and make a living on your own. And like that's yeah, that's good. It teaches you how to play. It doesn't interrupt yeah. your gameplay to yeah. teach you, but it, it doesn't really serve the game very well, I don't think. So it's it's not as bad as some. The the ones that the immersion breakers are the ones that really piss me off. Yeah. For example, the when you have someone who's saying a line of dialogue and they just go press X to jump, that completely yanks me out of your game, like, and I can't do that. Like Navi in every Zelda game, I think that's a yes. I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to get angry, but I'm getting there. Yeah, like, the, and that's a really great example of how it's done bad. Like, yeah, that's that's yes. exactly what I was talking yes. about. Like. And there are so many games that just do that, where it's just like, well, totally pause your game and be like, "Here's how you pass this part. If you if you run and then duck while running, you will slide under this tiny gap." Uh, I don't think yeah. Mario Brothers ever gets that bad, but no, it, no, yeah, but that's that's the kind of thing that it does. Um, a couple of people that do it right with tutorial levels, like I know you hate the game. But I think it's something that World of Warcraft really does really well. It did when I played it. I, I enjoyed and the they, way that it did tutorials. Yeah, and especially after Cataclysm came out and they redid all of the starting areas, like it's even better. Like, oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, it's it is so good. Like it, and it's just the way that it kind of structures the tutorial into quests. And like, and it never just beats you over the head with things. And it's right. just, it's just you, a series of little things that build on each other. And, you know, you're playing for 15 minutes and you basically, you know what you're doing. True. And then an hour later, all of everything you've been doing builds on top of that. And you're good to go after, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. You pretty much know everything you need to know about World of Warcraft until you hit max level. I will say one game that does it really well that's in the first-person genre is Dying Light. Uh, if you're not familiar, you're familiar with, um, oh, God, that other zombie franchise that they did. Dead Island? That's the one. Thank you. Yeah, Dead Island was is what the company who did these, 
fuck? I can't remember them. Dying Lights? Yes, who did Dying Light? No, I can't remember the company who did them. The anyway, Techland was the the I believe the distributor of it. Either that or no, that was uh, Deep Silver as a distributor. Dying, I, I probably heard reverse. Either Deep Silver or Techland are the distributors of said game, and Dead Island is just shit awful compared to Dying Light, which is what they wanted to do with Dead Island to begin with, but were forced to rush to production. So if you want to play a decent zombie hunter, play Dying Light. They do a great tutorial level in that the when you first get into the game, you are up on top of a high rise. Go ahead. Techland is the distributor. Okay. And, so and Deep Silver uh, is, the, is the creator. No, uh, it's both for Dying Light. Techland and Deep Silver still yeah. do No, I thought they had said, fuck it. Te- Techland is the developer and the uh, publisher. Sorry. Oh, okay, good. Anyway. What they had wanted to do originally is what is what Dying Light had originally done, and that was at the top of the high rise. They wanted to do as much uh, quote unquote parkour as possible. So what they did is give you essentially an obstacle course to run through, and it gave you everything you needed to know within five minutes. Mm-hmm. It was the perfect tutorial level. You know how to attack you know how to do your parkour moves you know how to climb up things you know how to do your slide it is just perfect exactly what you want out of a tutorial level for a game the other version of this is (laughs) when games have little mini tutorials to teach you new mechanics okay and still doing it well yeah still still doing it well and i mean there are some games that just just get both of these things really horrible but the the mini tutorials probably the best for the best example of this i can think of other than like some of the stuff that's been analyzed to death by game design people like <laughs> the world one one of super mario brothers yeah yeah like which is a lot of people consider a masterpiece of teaching people how to play the how game play through the, game, the yeah. through the mechanics of the game um but no there's a great scene in half-life 2 where you walk into a building and you have a gra- you have the gravity gun at this point in time and you walk into a building and there is a zombie that has a head crab on its head pinned to the wall with like three or four giant saw blades and it's been cut in half because that's what the saw blades do yes and and so you see this and you know cool okay this thing has been cut in half by a saw blade and as you walk up to kind of get a better look off to your left a another head crab zombie smashes through a wall in the next room and you turn and look and it like starts stumbling towards you but there's a table in the way to block it so it can't get to you like it's just you know in the next room like over the table like an idiot and so you have this space that you can go huh so you you can grab the giant saw blades with the gravity gun and turn around and just shoot them at this other zombie and you cut it in half and you're you're totally safe you cannot die and you learn this mechanic and go oh that's kind of cool maybe I should grab one of these other blades and carry it with me and then yeah more zombies start <laughs> showing up as soon as you get out of there and it's just like it it's just this cool little way to show you what you need to do that you can't miss like you can't screw this up and it's not hitting you over the head with what you need to do. Not at all. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. One other, uh, if you 
No, I was, you know? was going to say, like, but so many people do this wrong. Really? Like, this is where this is where a lot of the games will do the, uh, they'll have like the little pop-up tutorial, like in the middle of a game for like, this is how you shoot the cannon on a warthog. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. I, I will say that Payday does this pretty well as well. They, they have um, visual prompts on mm-hmm. each and everything that you can use. It's not obtrusive they just tell you what you can do with this like uh, uh when you when you have a door say you can lock pick it or drill it or use the saw on it they have three little prompts one three next to each other saying hey these they, they have visual cues saying what you can do but they don't beat you over the head with what you need to do they just give you options and yeah. let you decide what you want to do yeah i think yeah. they do overkill software does that really well yeah and the other example, like this is where MMOs, I think, are really, really good because usually they show off these mechanics in uh, it just as part of a quest, and it doesn't break immersion, and it just is super easy to to do. And I don't know why it's so hard for other games to do them, but so many of them just I'm trying to think like some of the stuff in Gears, like the original Gears of War, was like this, <laughs> where you just like, and a lot of the Call of Duties do this too, where you'll be like pinned down behind something, and it'll be like go jump on that cannon and blah 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 and then yeah. you have like you you actually like hit the cannon and it will like almost pause the game to show you like here are your new controls for this thing you've never used before yep check him so now now kill everyone with this thing and yeah it's i don't know it's a thing on the flip side of payday is bane your uh guy in your ear you basically have an earpiece throughout the entire thing and on the radio is bane the guy who brought you in the mission in the first place and he will always give you vocal prompts of what to do next it's not a bad thing but it's occasionally he does get annoying and beats you over the head with certain things you tune him out eventually so along those lines how do you feel about the running in-ear dialogue of the borderlands games are they entertaining enough that it doesn't bother you or is it is it long is it better than that implementation is it totally different like it's not holding your hand like payday Mm -hmm. does it 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 just kind of it gently prompts you in the next direction it's not horrible it doesn't continue to beat you over the head if you don't do what you need to do but with payday it definitely clouts you about the skull with the shit covered stick it's awful (laughs) it's just bad but Borderlands does it. it. It just gently nudges you in the next direction. It doesn't yeah. kill you with it. It allows yeah. you to. It allows you the freedom of doing whatever you want. But it says, "Hey, you probably could go do this now, right?" Yeah. And another, I guess, quasi example of this, I would say, and it works totally differently uh, from what, but from what you guys have said and from what I have seen of people playing it, it seems like the Dark Souls games. Are oh, yeah. really really good at this too. Like absolutely, you, it's all like you kind of you get given a little tool set basically towards the beginning of like this is how you you bash, this is how you yes. do this, this is how you dodge to the side, and then from there it's all about interpreting cues. And yeah, it's from there. Like I, like I've always said, Dark Souls is not a difficult game. It's just very unforgiving. It's not going to hold your hand. It's not going to give you the give you every single tip of what you need to do it's going to give you the tutorial at the beginning and say hey go have fun it will make sure that you're paying attention if you're not paying attention you're gonna fucking die if you make a mistake you're gonna fucking die if you sneeze you're gonna fucking die if you roll the wrong way you're gonna fucking die yep. but that said 
it is one of the most fun franchises I've ever played. And I look forward to more of the DLC coming out fairly soon. Yeah, there's, I think in a couple of weeks, they're supposed to have an announcement. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. yep. We, we shall see. Let's hope so. Yeah. So the last thing I have right now for the good ones, because we have some bad ones too. Oh, we've got tons of bad stuff. So the, the ones that we have, last one I have for the good ones are, it, it this is MMO specific because most single player games have this. Fully voice acted quests. Yeah. And I will freely admit that this is entirely because of being spoiled by Star Wars The Old Republic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and Elder Scrolls Online also does this to for the most part that I've noticed. Um like yeah. The, the majority of their quests are are fully voice acted. But, yeah. But Star Wars their every quest is a cutscene. Like yeah. everything in the game has a little cutscene and it's it, it's great and you pay attention to the stuff and you you never really find yourself going blah 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 just tell me what 13 things i have to kill and bring you back before you know for whatever like you even though those are some of the quests you never get that impatient like yep yep click click accept accept whatever i'm not reading any of this dialogue because which I don't is need what to. i always do in mmos that yeah. is the reason i don't play mmos anymore is because they're all the same they always do kill x of x or bring me x of y yeah and star wars does that same thing but it makes it more interesting because there's a story yeah there is absolutely a story it is the best single player mmo out there and that's both a good thing and a bad thing it's it's a really weird thing to say yeah but it is the it is literally the best single player experience in an mmo that if it exists and most people basically like that's what the game is good for like it's a good single player experience and then when you get to max level you just say kind of screw it and start over about five years ago i would have disagreed with you and said age of conan was the best single player out there but that kind of sadly fell by the wayside it was one of my favorite games and did a lot of these things that we're talking about well with the exception of you know voice acting because they don't have that but everything i loved about that is existing in the old republic and it's fully voice acted yeah and on the opposite (laughs) side of this coin this is where I think Final Fantasy 14 really suffers. Drops the ball completely. Because all of their quests are animated. Like yep. they all are animated and they've all, all cutscenes. Yeah. Every every single one has a cutscene and there's characters acting stuff out and there's you know all kinds of craziness goes on. But all at least 90% of the games dialogue is via text box like just like it's, a little little you're watching a mime levels. yeah you're watching a mime show and it's really annoying yeah and part of it is because the game exists in so many different languages like yeah. i under i understand the reason why sure but when 10% of your quests are fully voice acted it's immersion breaking it it makes you go why the hell isn't everything else like yeah you yeah. obviously can do it. You paid actors already. Why isn't everything else? <laughs> and, and I get that it's for special occasions. Like there's the the videos that they play of when you're really getting into the super big parts of the story. But it's really immersion breaking when I have everything else. You're just sitting there. For those of you who can't see me, I'm just wiggling my chin up and down because there's nothing happening in the scenes. Yeah. It just sucks. 
And it's it's one of those things that it really, especially after playing Star Wars The Old Republic, like it super stands out of like, oh man, this game could totally benefit a million percent from voice acting. And Absolutely. like and that's something that most of the Final Fantasy games have been known for recently is that they they are fully voice acted and all kinds of other crazy shit going on. But oh well. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. All right, let's take a look at uh, the little touches that completely break your experience. We've talked about some of them, of things that can go right and can go wrong, but let's talk about things that go really fucking wrong. Yeah, these are kind of things that almost, if they are in a game, almost never go right. Yeah. That's that's what these are. And again, that is a very blanket statement, and there are probably rare exceptions, but for the most part, they're just these things are almost never done right and are just terrible. Yeah. And the, the first big, one I think we want to talk about. The big one. Are quick time events. Absolutely. Because Paul hates quick time events. There is one exception and I will mention it later. But yes, I normally just fuck everything about this. Yeah. So it's funny to me. Like I'm trying to think of quick time events as a game function. And when I first ran into them. And amusingly, the the like I keep thinking, and I'm like I keep going back a generation further, and kind of like back a generation further, and back a generation to find examples of them. And then I always go to like it's fucking Dragon Slayer, like Dragon Slayer. Yeah, yeah. That that entire game was that entire game is a quick time event. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's a cartoon movie that is a quick time event, and if you fuck up the quick time event, you die and basically start over. Absolutely, but in their current incarnation, like I don't, I'm trying to think of where they started in kind of modern popularity. Oh man. Cause I don't know. Like I I, I can't think of an instance that's just like, this is where this started. For some reason, I remember them being in early resident evil movies to a small degree. I maybe silent Hill. Like, I don't know if this came from survival horror, like the, the modern Mm. kind of, thing i'm thinking that that's the case but i I can't think of one that really shenmue probably because it's the first really the the uh, for the dreamcast if you're not familiar with it it, it's it's a great absolutely great uh story based game honestly it introduced the quick time events and the kind of cutscene interlude that you just kind of have to do a quick time event or the game is over that kind of thing the the guy who is credited with coming up with the term is uh Yusuzuki from Shenmue. Yeah. And yeah, the, the Dragon's Lair is kind of credited for being the yeah. first big one. Yep, yep, yep. And and even um the next game we want to talk about is in there too. Hey, that's, yep. that's really funny. Yeah, it is. Because I didn't even think about that. Like I just it's so one of my questions was, can we think of games that actually do quick time events well? Because everyone can think of a game that sucks at it. Absolutely. And so the the first one I can think of that I played that had really, really well done quick time events is a game that most people have never, ever heard of. And that's Die Hard Arcade. And the reason most people have never heard of this game is because it came out on the Sega Saturn. <laughs> I still want to do the Saturn episode, damn it. (laughs) Oh, it's so bad. Um, It is. So to explain what Die Hard Arcade is, 
it is a side-scrolling beat-em-up that is 3D. So it is like Streets of Rage. It is like Final Fight, but it's a 3D game. Like you can, you, you basically move around like like a Final Fight style game, but it's all 3D graphics. And I think there's also some vertical movement occasionally in the game, which is, you know, it's weird. But the game was really super short. Like you could beat it in like 45 minutes because it's an arcade game. Sure. Like it was, it was an arcade game and it got ported to the Sega Saturn. So what would happen is you would have a level and you would fight through the level and clear it. And then you would have a quick time event to run to the next level, basically. And, and while you're running to the next level, you'd be like running down a hallway and it'd be like, it would flash like the X button up on the screen. And if you hit the X button, like some guy dives out into the hall and tries to like clothesline you and you duck under it and keep running. Nice. Nice. But if you like hit the square button or, you know, the B button or whatever, controller you're playing on instead of x the dude clotheslines you and you have an extra fight and you have to and you had to fight like four or five people and then clear this little extra mini room and then it would take you to the next level so it wouldn't really penalize you terribly much and it didn't really you know make the game game yeah it didn't really affect the game too much which is you know kind of a shame but yeah. It also didn't like harshly punish you for fucking up these these weird things that you've never really seen before. And sure. they made the game feel really fast. And it's like they actually succeeded in being quick time events. Like, because you were trying to hurry to rescue someone before like this building blows up. So having these events where you have to like, you know, dive over stuff and like you, you know, do all these things and or you get, you know, fucked up and have to, uh, you know, waste time beating more people up sure it was it was a great game my brother and i played the shit out of this game on sega saturn nice and uh, is it it multiplayer yes it was two player locally mclean and it was random guy and random girl really there's no john mclean no i don't i don't think they could could, call it diehard because i don't think they wanted to pay money to bruce willis (laughs) you can't call it diehard then oh it it was basically i can test that anyway uh, it There's... actually might have been John McCain. Hold on. All right. All right. Yeah. You either play as John McCain, McClain, or uh, Chris Thompson. Whoever the fuck that is. Who gives a shit? In the Japanese version, it was Bruno Dellinger and Cindy Holiday. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Oh, the president's daughter. What the fuck ever? Not always yeah. the president's daughter. They couldn't get Leon Kennedy for this game? Anyway, there's one game that did this. I hesitate to call it right, but it did this well because I never call quick time events right. Heavy Rain. Have you played Heavy Rain? I have not played Heavy Rain, but I've heard really good things about it from yeah. the story perspective. Oh, the story is excellent. I kind of want to go play it again to see if I can actually beat the game with the best ending. The trouble with Heavy Rain is that the ending never changes. This The same person is always going to be the killer. So that's once you find out once you already know the story and you have really no impetus to continue playing the game. Now, the reason I mention it in this is that the entire fucking game is a quick time event. Yeah, it's it's basically a one giant cut scene with a bunch of quick time events. Exactly, exactly. And, and it's not once you get once you realize that that's the thing, because it, it's a weird opening because you're playing Ethan. And you're basically just getting up, taking a shower, brushing your teeth, making some breakfast, shaving, and just living your life. Mm-hmm. So that's the entire tutorial of it. And it did it really well. It, told, it, it showed you how, hearkening back to what it did really well, is that it basically 
taught you how to play the game while mm -hmm. giving you a very relaxed atmosphere. Yeah. And where I think most people screw up quick time events is that they overly punish you for failing them. Yeah. Like if you have to, if you basically, if you fail it and it reloads and you have to do it again and again and again until you pass it, like that, yeah. that's a fail for a quick time event. Uh, which is why the Die Hard Arcade one was so good was because like you can't really fail. If you fail, it's just a minor setback and you keep going yeah. with the story. Like, well, and we've actually intentionally played rounds of Die Hard Arcade where we just intentionally failed every check so we could beat up more people because, it, you know, it's a fun fight. It's a fun game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, but the, the I think the big thing with quick time events is if, if you can remove a quick time event and replace it with just a regular cutscene, and the game does not change at all, I think your quick time event fails. Like if it doesn't add anything to the game, as opposed to just being something to try and force a player to stay engaged while they're watching a cutscene, I think it's way too artificial and it just fails at what it's trying to do. Couldn't agree more. Now, where Heavy Rain does this, where it, you Kind of, it, it you do have our forces to engage. However, it will affect the story in the climax of the game. You have a character facing off against the the, the villain, and if you fuck up during this climax of the scene, that character can and will die. That's where I got screwed up last time. I don't want to give away any any hints. I'm being intentionally as vague as possible here, but that character can and will die, and I it just. I was so salty at the end of that that I just I didn't want to play it again. Right. I want to go back and play it now, but I just at the I, time I, at the time I was just like fuck this because I fucked up one fucking thing. I had been perfect up until that point. That sounds obnoxious and it's, it's a painful weird way. It was yeah. painful, yeah. So you have something here about Tomb Raider? Yeah, the reboot. They did, they did the quick time events pretty well. Uh, so. During certain scenes, you'll have Lara Croft. She's like climbing up something where a piece of rock will come jumping down. And you'll it's basically a game of Frogger, where you're dodging the thing, moving up, moving up, dodging the next thing, moving up, moving up. It's not done well. It's not done poorly. It's just a part of the game, and you're kind of sitting there like, oh, well, this is a thing that I'm doing now. So it, it doesn't immersion break, and but it does, however, do that thing that you just mentioned where it will continue. If you fuck up, you will have to go reload, fuck up, reload, fuck up, reload, fuck up, reload. And that is fairly irritating. Yeah, that sounds irritating. And it's it's not too challenging, though, because you. I, I remember when I was uh, being basically careening down a mountainside where she was in the middle of all this debris. And every time that she died on something, she died a little bit differently and either impaled on a very large uh, metal pipe or crushed to death by rocks. It kept it interesting, but still frustrating. Mm -hmm. I don't I know. can see that. So other than quick time events, what are some of the other things that are annoying for me? One of the things that always annoys me about a game is it, this goes along with like the excessive handholding for tutorials and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. It's the ridiculous GPS slash follow the glowing line features that a lot of games have where like, oh God, I'm trying to think of just, I know the Witcher three was, has been criticized for this some, uh, cause you can like hit a button and there's a glowy line that shows you exactly where you need to go. Yep. 
Um, oh, great example would be uh, Molyneux's games, Fable. Yeah, Fable. They have the, they have the glowy thing that you could just yeah, Fable the entire time. Fallout Four and Skyrim definitely do this, where yeah. it's like you literally you, you get a quest, you open up your map, you find the closest point to where you're you need to go that you can quick travel to, you quick travel to that point, and then you just yeah. you line up the little arrow that's on your your stupid little compass at the top of the screen, and you just walk in in a straight line until you find whatever you need to kill or do. I'm okay with this. In, in the case of Fallout 4 and Skyrim, I'm 100% okay with that because those games are so fucking huge that you'd be lost without that. Yeah. But it also detracts from the game because you miss out on so much of the world doing it. But you can also, like me, who's just kind of completely distracted by everything around him, you can just ignore that fucking line and do whatever the hell you want. Yep. Now, there's also the open world games that I, I knew it wrote here that you they tend to suck about this, but without it, GTA, you would never get to your goal. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah, but they're just so like so G here's the thing with GTA that I think it, you're wrong about this in a way. Uh okay. so in GTA, especially in the earlier games, I don't know about five and to a lesser degree, somewhat about four, because I didn't play but so much of four, but in like San Andreas and vice city and stuff like that like sure. the, the way the game builds on itself and progresses you learn the streets like you you memorize where to go in the city like you know exactly where to find certain cars almost always parked on the side of certain streets sure like, like you learn the lay of the land in the game and so when they go like there's a parking deck over here that i need you to go you know steal a car from and then take it over here and put a bomb in it to blow up, you know, whatever. You know, just making up a random ass quest. Right. That makes but sense. But like, you know, you're just driving down here to this parking deck that you've seen 30 times in your uh, the quest that you've already done. And you know exactly where it is. And yeah, there's, there's still a little bit of the cue of, you know, it's got the arrow that points the direction you need to go in or whatever at right, the top right. of the screen. But for the most part, you actually know everything like you know the layout of the land and that where this this is done really badly is games like mirror's edge where you're literally running and doing this parkour stuff and all you're paying attention to is the line and like you know this is the path you're supposed to go in and you need to jump over this thing and then jump under this thing and then like that's all you're focused on and you never learn the layout of anything because all you worry about is following this this line well, the, the difficulty there is that you kind of have to do that with uh, in Grand Theft Auto V. Mm -hmm. So GTA Online, you are distracted by other players that are trying to kill you. You're distracted by other by the cops, most especially. So you're not really getting the lay of the land. While you do have a lot of familiar landmarks, you will eventually get to a point where you will recognize certain things. It's difficult to continue to find those particular landmarks and get to know the streets because you're really in los angeles right unless you're living in los angeles it's not going to be something you're going to be familiar with fairly quickly because right. that's it, it is a very dense packed city full of people and things to do and cars to blow up yeah. <laughs> um, but so one of the things that i want to mention of going into the someone who actually did this really really well was there is an amazing amazing 
alternate ending in the Stanley parable that makes fun of this where like basically you just I, I'm not going to spoil this at all but sure basically you get really really belligerent about trying and this is an achievement in the game which is fucking hilarious but you get really really belligerent about not following directions mm-hmm. and then uh finally he's like oh oh I see like you actually you want you want real guidance you want real direction well here how about i make this really easy for you how about you just follow this line and then this giant yellow line is like literally painted on the floor for you to follow and like and as you follow it it like starts going up the walls and on the ceiling and just like all of this crazy crazy shit and you end up following this line for like 20 fucking minutes that's awesome (laughs) <laughs> and then just like all this crazy shit happens and then finally you know he's kind of like you know are, are there are you are you fucking happy now like it's it's so good like play stanley parable because it makes fun of so much shit that the video games do it's you know so the worst good. part i still haven't played it you should i do i want to i just never have made time for myself to play it and it's it's really good especially if you've had a couple of drinks because it just everything gets funnier and like you can actually have conversations with the narrator and like they just work. I don't know yeah. why. I push because you're drunk and it doesn't fucking matter. No, it, but <laughs> but you but you say shit to like try and make like cracking jokes about what you're seeing and what you're playing and then like the what the narrator actually chimes in and it's like almost a direct response to what you just made fun of. That's awesome. Like I wonder if the, I wonder if the narrator and the person who designed the game actually had these conversations while they were doing it. <laughs> It is it is distinctly possible. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. All um, right. The next one. Yes. Is oh. one that pisses me off very, very much. The NPC help. Yeah. Just the another complete, the complete derp. Yeah. The complete just somebody hit him in the head with a fucking Stilson wrench and nothing got through after that. For example, I, I'm going to bring up Payday 2 again because as much as I love the game, there's so many things about it that are not great. Yes. But everything else is just fantastic, but it doesn't... There's some things that just kind of tilt it a little bit and the NPCs are fucking retarded. Yeah, They're just so, dumb. So with Payday 2, is it bad when... Are, are you talking like if you're playing with bots? Yeah, so I play with my buddy Roger occasionally with, with Drew, but most of the time it's just me and Roger playing. So we have, you can have a four-man team. So it's very much like Left 4 Dead in that the NPCs are balls-out retarded. Mm-hmm. They will occasionally bring you and help you up, but you, it's like asking a blind man to run through the streets. It's not going to go well for anybody. You'll probably end up in a traffic with a bus barreling down on him. Nice. They won't pick up bags. So any sort of loot that you want to get, they're not going to pick any up. They won't interact with anything. Unless it's you, it's on the ground. They'll come and help you, but that's it. Otherwise, they're just there to soak up bullets and fire back. And they even then, they don't really kill very much. Uh, that's really funny. They're bullet sponges. Yeah. Large bullet sponges. That's it. Uh, one of the games that got really notorious criticism for this was the original Army of Two. Uh, which I know you actually enjoyed. I thoroughly enjoyed it, I, but I completely understand where they're coming from with this. Were, did you play most of it single player or did you play I most played of it the co-op? entire thing single player. Yeah. So it is a co-op game that can be played single player, I think is the best way to describe Army of Two. 
very much like oh. Resident Evil Five, if you want a more modern comparison. And and Resident Evil Five is also suffers from this problem too, where the, oh, the yeah. other the other player when it's computer controlled is just balls are retarded. Yeah, d- the pants on head retarded. To borrow a phrase from Yahtzee. Um, that works another really funny example that i see a lot because i pay attention to rooster teeth is the halo games like there there's a new mode in one of the more recent halo games where it's basically it's not i don't think it's quite like battlefield but it's kind of like battlefield where you have a bunch of npcs fighting alongside you and I I swear about half of their fails of the week footage is derpy derpy AI from Halo games. That's awesome. And it's like it's like someone runs and jumps into the turret of of a warthog and then an NPC driver gets in and then like is driving straight and then just suddenly like swerves off the road and like falls off the, this bridge like down into a ravine and blows up and kills everyone like for no yeah. reason. Uh, that's <laughs> not a surprise. Not a surprise at all. Yeah. Uh, Rock fuck stupid is another good one. Nice, nice. And you actually have one here, Skyrim and Oblivion. Yeah. And any NPCs, they'll get in front of you. You'll nail in the back of the head with an arrow. Come on. Yeah. And then and then they get mad at you for, for hitting Oh them. yeah. Oh yeah. Anybody like like the the guy the merchants in in Skyrim. You know how they're just, oh, I'm just a humble merchant. And then as soon as a dragon comes up, they'll rip off the shirt. Let's fucking do this and start trying to punch a dragon to death. Then you hit them in the back of the head with an arrow and they die. And then you're in the shit for killing a NPC. Yeah. 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 All right. I actually want to circle back for just a quick second because I thought Shoot. of something about quick time events that I yeah, wanted to it. discuss. How do you feel about the Telltale games? masterfully done they do it as well as you can possibly do a quick time event because while it is very much like uh tomb raider where you can if you fail you can reload and then Mm -hmm. it the trouble with it is that they don't make them so difficult that you will automatically fail yes they they make they, they give them just enough challenge to where you have to make a very painful decision or you have just enough time to use the weapon or hit the zombie in the head with a club or what have you. Yeah. It's just enough goodness to make you not hate the game. Yeah. One of the things that I think they do really well in those games is like everything in the game is its own little quick time event. Like you yeah. only have a handful of seconds to answer questions. Sure. You only have, you know, a couple of seconds to kick a zombie in the head when it's trying to like clop your leg. If you're playing walking dead, like I, I agree. Like they do a lot of quick time events really, really well because their game is basically almost a glorified quick time event for about 50% of the game. And Clementine will remember that. Yes. <laughs> Everyone that will little re- shit remembers everything. Everyone will remember that. It's true. Someone will remember that. I'm not going to remember it. All right. I think one of the last couple of things I want we want to talk about are the lack of variety in voice acting and lines. Whether there's kind of two different symptoms of this. The older one is, you know, they could only afford to hire like five voice actors to do all the voices of a game. So everyone yep. sounds the same. Which I can, I, it's not completely terrible. Oblivion did this famously, which 
kind of is weird at the same time because they definitely had the money to hire more voice actors, but you had a lot of people sounding the same. It wasn't terrible because you were most of the time we were just killing shit, but mm-hmm. it did get kind of old pretty quick. Yeah. The other version of this is that there's not a lot of spoken lines in the game. So you hear the same ones over and over and over again, which is how you get internet memes. Mm-hmm. Do you want do an internet memes? Cause that's how you get internet memes. It's true because I mean, I I was once an adventurer like you, but then I took an arrow to the knee. Oh, yeah, that's that's the, that's by far I think the example everyone knows. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's funny maybe the first time, and then it gets, and then the three thousand. That's what so. it gets to. <laughs> oh, and uh, what's it? Uh, I have a settlement that needs your help. I'll mark it <laughs> on your mini map. God damn you, Preston. <laughs> God damn you. <laughs> I, just, no, just, I don't care about settlements anymore. Just shove it up your ass. Come help me with this. Just die already. Just die. Yeah. Like, but that's, that's our exit. You know, those are two really good examples that probably the majority of our audience are familiar with is. Oh, Hey, I've bad it to your mini map. Yeah. I've added your pit boy. Yeah. I, I put it on your pit boy so you can find it when you need to. Another great example of this was the Deadpool game that they made a little while ago that everyone for the most part thought was really well made like except for this where <laughs> you know Deadpool is known for being a smarky douchebag and the he has the mouth. he has much like Spider-Man a bunch of like little quippy one-liners that he says to you know make fun of people and make fun of what's going on but there's only so many times you can hear the same 50 one-liners in a game that you play for 20 hours it's really 20 hours long. i don't know it it, it wouldn't it, surprise me yeah even if it's 10 hours long right yeah like it's, 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 it's a size game. Yeah. yeah but if you're hearing the same 50 one-liners over and over and over again for 10 hours like that's that's not gonna be funny Pass. anymore yeah and that's that's a game that really suffers from that too because like humor is what should carry that game like that's what we all yeah, learned from the movie like it's deadpool he's funny mm-hmm. all right we got one more thing I- let's add zombies yeah i thought about this one when we were talking about the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the show i was like let me go add this real quick but yeah there, there's also a trend in a well you did add zombies we're we're <laughs> yep, i added zombies to the show fucking goddamn <laughs> <laughs> And again, I, I will start with the maybe sole exception to people who did it well. And uh, I would probably say Red Dead Redemption, the, the zombie nightmare. I, I didn't play it. I, could, I, can't, I can't speak to this, so please. It's, it is literally the entire Red Dead Redemption game, but there's a zombie outbreak. Like it is, they remade the entire game with a zombie outbreak. And people, like half the people are undead in the game and... It's it's pretty crazy, like, but it is a basically a full game, like, like think Far Cry's weird little neon dragon version, but zombies. All right, why not? I don't have anything else to say. And then, so the 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 bad versions of this are. Uh, please don't say Call of Duty because that's it, actually a really good version of it. It depends, uh, but yeah, like th- there's a lot of people that just tag in little mini games like that. Yeah, and 
Call of Duty's, well, you know, there are some people that buy Call of Duty for Nazi zombies or my, my buddy Ryan will has only bought it for the zombies and they're actually going to get to a point where they're spinning it out into its own franchise. Yeah. Which I'm okay with that. It was really fun to play. Yeah. And I could argue that DayZ was a really good zombie addition, even though it was unofficial for uh for Arma 2. The Arma games. Yeah. I I wanted to see it succeed, but like anything else, people fuck it up. <laughs> Once you add people, yep. shit's gonna hit the fan. Indeed, indeed. But yeah, there's there's so many games that are they literally are just adding a zombie mode randomly to them for no good reason, like this weird alternate universe Metal Gear Solid game. Yeah, I don't. I'm gonna pass on that. Just go back to making pachinko machines and let Kojima do his thing with Norman Reedus and the naked guys. And I don't know. We'll yes. see. I don't know what that's about. Me either. All right. I think we're about out of content, right? I, I do. I think I agree. I there, there are definitely more things. These were just the the big offenders that we really wanted to rant about. Um, but there's definitely did. more. Uh, and if you guys can think of some more, we will happily rant on them too. Um, but yeah, just it's just little things like this. They can either be a really good thing, like this kind of like the you know whipped cream on top makes a game better or you know just has it take a screaming nosedive in the flushing toilet yes screaming nosedives yes all right you got one more thing that you want to mention here yes so we have something of an announcement to make in its own weird little way so we were kind of inspired in a small degree of the south park episode that we just did and we want to start specifically playing games to talk about on this show so we're gonna do this and kind of like a book club (laughs) we're essentially gonna start doing reviews really kind of yeah reviews reviews and retrospectives yes Uh, we're already doing retrospectives for consoles and stuff like that but one of the things that we want to do is so we're gonna we're gonna play a game and we're gonna give people you know a month-ish to play along with us if you want to and then at the end of that month we'll record an episode and air it so our our ideal goal is that it's going to be you know we're going to do two episodes and then a game specific episode two episodes game specific episode they give people time to play the the game between each one yeah you'll um, you'll essentially have a month and a half until the episode airs where you'll have time to play the game if you don't have it you can get some scratch together pick it up and then come listen to what we think of it and give yeah. us your thoughts as well and we're, we're going to try and keep most of the game short like we're not going to do like the witcher or something like that that takes 40 50 hours to complete even though i think i know i would like to play the witcher but yeah that's i think beyond the scope of what we want to do here um, we're also going to try and keep $30 as the maximum, like maximum, maximum cost of a game. Um, so right now, the first game that we're going to play that we both want to play is Spec Ops The Line. It's a cover-based shooter with that is highly underrated, apparently, and has some pretty crazy plot twists and stuff on it and really hard moral decisions that... yeah. It gets 
gets lots of good reviews from people who are normally really quick to shit on games like this. Which it is, is kind of it's dark as fuck. Like like Yahtzee actually praised it for some of the moral decisions in the game, which is yeah. you know, he doesn't do that a lot. So Yahtzee doesn't praise much. You've got to do you've got to get up early in the morning and do things really well in order for Yahtzee to say, hey, this is pretty good. Yeah, even just for him to say it's pretty good, let alone praise it as much as he did. Yeah, so. This game is on the high end of this price list right now. The non-sale price on Steam for the game is $30. It's $29.99. It's worth it, I think. So for those of you listening on the audio feed, we have two episodes that are going to have in between this one. Uh, uh, well, we have this episode that you're listening to now. Then we're going to have an episode about our, con- our next console thingy. And then we're going to do the Spec Ops episode. So from the date of this airing, you have one month until our Spec Ops episode airs. Godspeed. Yeah. And then after that, like on that episode, we'll announce the next game. And then you'll actually have six weeks before that episode airs. Yep. We'll have plenty of time to play games and have some fun. I highly recommend you join us because we've got a a pretty decent, I think, 30 game queue right now of what we want to (laughs) play. We've got a bunch to choose from, and we'll let you know in advance of what we're going to play. And also, please feel free to join us on the Reddit to both talk about the games and recommend games that we should add to the list. Because absolutely, we will we will gladly take uh, you know audience submissions and play some of them. And on that note, if you want to find us over on the Reddit thread, you can find us over at our Loaded Cart Gaming. You can also tweet us at LoadedCart. You can tweet me at Paul Clue. You can email us, uh, Paul at LoadedCart Gaming, Chop at LoadedCart Gaming, or Podcast at LoadedCart Gaming. You can find us at LoadedCartGaming.com. You can find us over at Facebook slash Gaming. You can even just, you know, message us there. And if you just want to have some more fun, seriously, go over to the Reddit thread, our Loadedcart Gaming. Anything else? No, I think I think we are good for this episode, and it is much shorter than the last one. Thank fucking God, because that was fucking forever. <laughs> anyway, enjoy the stingers of me fucking up everything, and here's some smooth jazz to play you out. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Cart Podcast. I fucked that up. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna do that over. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, uh, <laughs> fuck! Twice, and I I nailed it twice, and now we're just gonna have this as fucking filler at the end. Ugh. Well, we needed something, I guess. Let's get out of the way early. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Fuck me running. It's going to be an extra long stinger. Oh, it's going to be half as long as the show. Ah. <laughs> been doing this for a fucking hour while I was recording Shaylor. Smacking yourself in the face? Yeah. 
yeah, just trying, just <laughs> trying to fucking breathe and not fuck up.